Hello, and welcome to TP's Music Talk Podcast. My name is Ryan Ford. And I'm Nick Replinger. And you can find us at our website, tpmusictalkpod.wordpress.com. And you can also find us at anchor.fm forward slash tpmusictalkpodcast and other major podcasting platforms by searching for TP's Music Talk Podcast. You can find us on other social media as well, like Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Tumblr, and others by searching for TP Music Talk Podcast or for TP Music Talk Pod on Twitter. Just look for our logo. And you can also email us at tpmusictalkpodcast at gmail.com. We also have shared playlists on Apple Music and Spotify that you can check out by searching TP's Music Talk Podcast as well. And don't forget to click the link in the description and leave us a voice message on Anchor. And feel free to leave us a message or a review anywhere you're listening. It really helps us out. And don't forget, donations are always appreciated. You can find a link to donate in the description of any of our episodes. No part of our show can be reproduced without permission or written consent. Hey, welcome back to the show. Today, we have kind of a a special topic in mind, and it is probably going to take us a little while to get through this. It may even end up being a two or three parter. (laughs) Yeah, so today we're going to be talking about, although not claimed to be experts at this, but we're going to try our best to talk about the history and influence of rock and roll. Yeah, we're, we're going to talk about uh, kind of the origin, where it all came from, and try to get you caught up to like present day as far as uh, rock and roll. We're, we're not going to talk so much about like hip hop or any of the other influences throughout the past decades. We're going to try and stick just with rock throughout this episode. Throw in our own opinions and influences as even though we didn't grow up in the 50s or the 60s and we were only born in the 90s, how it still influences us and what an impact that the history of rock and roll has had. Yeah, and I just want to rephrase one more time. We are not experts, and we do not honestly have time to go over everything that we even want to go over when it comes to all of these different bands that we'll be talking about. Yeah, so if your anger is like, oh, why didn't you talk about this, or why didn't you talk about that? Well, maybe we can cover that in a different episode, but we're just going to try our best. Yeah, so we apologize if, you know, you feel like there's a band that should really be on this list and and we didn't cover it. It's not necessarily that we forgot about them. It It's just that we kind of are trying to condense it into what we can share with you over the next hour or two, so... <laughs> And honestly, there's probably like a few dozen artists that we're going to be talking about. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. But yeah, let's go ahead and and get into this. The first person that we're going to talk about is kind of the guy who started it all. I'm not going to give the introduction because I feel like Nick knows a lot more about this guy. So I will let him take it away. All right. So the where, at least in my opinion, I took a rock history class before. And that's kind of where, where they started with was talking about Chuck Berry. And Chuck Berry, he was an artist from like the 40s and 50s. And I guess what I would say why he would be considered so crucial as a part of the history of rock and roll and why I kind of started with him is that because he kind of revolutionized on how the electric guitar was kind of used. Because before, the guitar was considered more of a rhythm instrument rather than a lead and solo instrument. And with the class one, with his class, classic song that most people know is called Johnny Be Good. And just to kind of give you like an of how it kind of influenced rock, I'm sure many of you are aware of the movie Back to the Future, you know, with that um, show. Yeah, and so the part where Marty goes back to the past to try and make sure that his parents stay together so that he's not erased from history and then try and get to Back to the Future, he has to play at his old, his parents' school high school dance. 
but basically the guitarist, he hurts his hand and so he has to play guitar and, and plays before him. So while he says, oh, okay, well, I'm gonna play the song for you guys. It's an oldie where I come from, but maybe not so much for you. And he starts playing Johnny Be Good, which was one of the very first songs ever to use the guitar as the lead instrument. And so basically while he's in the middle of playing the song and everybody's dancing, having fun, the guitarist who hurt his hand, they show, the camera goes off to him backstage where he's calling his cover and he goes, Chuck, Chuck, this is your cousin, Marvin Berry. You know that new sound you've been looking for? Well, listen to this. And he raises the phone in the air to hear Marty, you know, just you know, going all rock, rock star <laughs> with the song. And you know, they're kind of, you know, referencing how um, that Marty McFly influenced Chuck Berry to use the guitar as a solo instrument rather than a rhythm instrument. And so that's kind of a little bit of a homage to Chuck Berry and how just influential he was to music and how it kind of influenced later into rock and roll. Yeah, and I feel like everyone has probably seen Back to the Future, and that is just such an iconic scene, and it's it's so memorable. And I mean, maybe you guys didn't even know that that's what that was referencing, you know, where Marty is playing the solo, and he picks up the phone, and he's like, Chuck, you, you've got to hear this. This is that sound you've been looking for. That is, uh, I, I don't know, it was just such a cool part of the show, and, and I'm so glad that Nick brought that up so that we could talk about it with you guys because that just kind of shows how influential Chuck Berry was as a songwriter and as a musician because he started the whole guitar as the lead instrument. I mean, he was one of the very first people to do it. And so that's why we wanted to start out by talking about him because everything else that comes after this uses the guitar as a lead instrument in most of their songs. So... Yeah, and so then going on, Chuck Berry, you know, he also influenced a lot of different um, artists, you know, that also you know, are considered very influential in today's music. Like I actually was scrolling in Facebook the other day, and there's a, a Facebook account for, for John Lennon, and they like to post a lot of things that he did in history, and it was a picture of John Lennon playing on stage with Chuck Berry and his band, and this is what John Lennon had to say about Chuck Berry. Chuck Berry is one of the greatest influences on earth. So is Little Richard, so is Bo Diddley. There isn't one white group on earth that hasn't got their music in them, and that's all I ever listened to. You know, that's coming from what is considered one of the greatest um, musicians of the 21st century, saying about Chuck Berry and his bandmates. Yeah, and so I mean, it's it's undeniable that Chuck Berry started something very special when when he came around. Just the the way that he crafted his music, it was very different and very influential. I feel like this is a good lead into the next artist we want to talk about, uh, which is Elvis. And the reason we want to talk about Elvis is he pulled from a lot of the influences that Chuck Berry put out there, oftentimes would use the guitar as a lead instrument. The big thing that we want to specify with him, he really kind of broke down racial barriers when he came out. And he was also a very charming guy and he was very uh, influential to the culture of rock and roll as well as taking different cultures and, and races and mixing them into music and he, he had a very big TV influence. He also sold uh, the most platinum records of anyone ever. So uh, yeah, and, and Nick knows a lot about him too, so I'm, I'm gonna give it back to him. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say I'm a huge Elvis expert, but definitely you know, one thing that I remember learning about Elvis that I didn't know when I took my history class, music history class, is that um, Elvis almost didn't 
become the king of rock and roll. And that he was also known for are some of his dance moves, you know, the swinging of the hips. But apparently when he first, you know, was on television and did that iconic hip swing, it was a total outrage that he did that. It was considered extremely sexual. And, and so after that, his career was almost completely gone and destroyed. And no one would play his music or invite him on their TV shows or, or have him play. But then, of course, uh, what was the equivalent of today's, like the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon or, or, so, or something like that, was the Ed Sullivan Show. And Ed Sullivan was kind of hesitant at first to bring Ed's Elvis on, but he decided, okay, I'll give this kid another chance, you know, let him re- redeem himself. And so he let him come on his show and he played a few songs. And but the part I find most humorous about that is that on the Ed Sullivan show, they would not film him below the waist because they were afraid that he might do something and then upset the public. (laughs) (laughs) Which is hilarious. I mean, especially when you look at uh, how culture is now, I mean, nobody would bat an eye at someone doing a hip swing like that. Yeah. And so, and if you were nobody and you made it on the Ed Sullivan show, you would just basically just take off. I mean, it was the same thing with the Beatles. As soon as they got on the Ed Sullivan show, they grew and popular not just over there in Great Britain but around the entire world. Yeah, and so I mean, and Elvis just kind of brought everyone together too. I, I mean, and so I guess at that point, it's a good time to talk about the Beatles because while all of this was happening, uh, not not too long after, you had the British invasion. You had all of these people from Britain coming over and bringing their music and their influences. And I feel like without Elvis, people may have not been as open to those new artists coming over. And so this is when we get in on the Beatles and we get to talk about them a little bit. I mean, we're never going to have enough time to talk about everything everything that they did. Well, I'm sure we, we could easily do multiple episodes about the Beatles and still not even cover half of it. But the reason why, I, at least I personally feel why the Beatles are so important is because they were the first to do a lot of things. Kind of like how it was important how Chuck Berry kind of revolutionized the guitar. They revolutionized a lot of the way that music was written because they were the first to do so many different things. Like first, you know, they became popular with their more poppy rock, rock and roll, happy good like music like um, She Loves You or Help some of their earlier singles but then as soon as it became more and more popular they learned that they were so famous and so popular and people loved their music so much it didn't matter what they wrote people would buy it and so they took advantage of that and they started experimenting with all different kinds of things and then you have amazing songs that because of that experimentation you have songs like yesterday which is considered the most successful song i think of the 21st century because it's been been covered and re-recorded more than over 2,000 times there's over 2,000 different versions of the song yesterday that you can download today on the internet right now and another reason why it's so important is because it was also the first song ever to not only use the bass as a lead instrument as well, but it was also the first to not have any rhythm in the song as well. And to instead of having the, you know, the rhythm in the background, they have you know, strings in the background as they sing the song too. Another song that comes to mind for me that I think is super unique that's by the Beatles is Eleanor Rigby because you have strings playing. I think it's like violins or mm-hmm. and it's just so different. And especially back then, it would have been a very unique and it's almost kind of like uh, melancholy or maybe even ominous in a way. And yet it's it's so thought provoking and, and such an amazing and unique song. 
song. And the Beatles, yeah, they they started so many new things when it came to music and how it's produced, how how lyrics are written. They also had the first like concept album. You had Sgt. Pepper, uh, Sgt. Pepper's uh, Lonely Hearts Lo- Club Lonely Band. Hearts Club Band. So I mean, they just did so much when it came to I I don't know. They're like the foundation of everything in a way. Yeah, and I also want to touch on. Charge and Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band because uh, yeah, concept albums are great and they have that idea or function that they're supposed to be telling a story or have some kind of idea. But for me, honestly, when it, when it comes to concept albums, I still believe even though it was the first concept album, it's still, in my opinion, the king of concept albums because the Beatles, they were so famous and so popular. They're like, we want to write more music but we don't want to go on tour. And that's why they wrote Charles and Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. They wrote that album so it could go on tour for them. Yeah, and I mean, the <clears throat> it came with like tickets to the show. I, I mean, not real tickets, of course, but like it was so much a concept album that they even included tickets in the record. So when you open it up, there was tickets to go to the show. And it, yeah, it, and it, so... it came with a, a whole, you know, like itinerary and all that stuff. And then when you listen to the to the beginning, you know, of the album, it says, you know, it's kind of like you're watching on you know, the beginning of the shows like it was 20 years ago today sergeant pepper taught the band to play and and it's like a conductor introducing the band it's like sergeant pepper's lonely heart color band and you hear applause and you know some fun music like they're about to start the show yeah and then later on in the song though they go into the like oh you've been such a lovely audience we love to take you home and say little cliches like uh, we'd hear during a live show like it was like literally you were at a beatles concert when you listened to that album yeah like you start the album and it's like a big welcome wagon this ballad of just like hey you know this the show is starting <laughs> yeah and the whole thing they just go into song into song to song because when it starts with sergeant peppers then it goes straight into with the song written by ringo Starr, a little help from my friends and it just keeps on going and going and, and so i mean they kind of started it all in a way and you know i mean it's it's so hard because there's so much we could say about them but i mean what would you say some of your favorite beatles songs are oh Wow. <laughs> well, yeah. if I know you even were going to ask that question, I would have thought about it. Um, <laughs> that is a really hard question. I love them so much. But I guess you could say that Yesterday is definitely a top favorite because it's, yeah, it is kind of a little bit of a sad love song. But, I mean, the music is absolutely beautiful and the lyrics are very well thought out. Let's see, what else? I mean, then there's also fun songs like Octopus's Gardens that are like, where on earth do they come out? Well, yeah, definitely drugs would influence <laughs> those songs. But there's so many songs going through my head right now. I actually went and saw the movie Yesterday, which is about this guy where he wants to be a famous musician. He doesn't get anywhere. And then all of a sudden the power goes out around the world he's hit by a bus and wakes up in the hospital and he's the only one who remembers the Beatles no one else you know remembers them like they never existed but he remembers all their songs and so he becomes considered the the greatest musician or songwriter to have ever lived because he he passes off all the Beatles songs out on his own and just as you go on and watching the entire movie like oh yeah I love that song that's a great song too I mean like there's so many greats like Ryan said Eleanor Rigby or there's the long and winding road or day tripper or, or, uh... or hey Jude. I mean, it's kind of hard to just pinpoint <laughs> a favorite song by the Beatles because also their music is so unique and it evolves. I mean, if you listen to their early stuff, like She Loves You, all the way down to like a later song like Yellow Submarine or Norwegian Wood, their songs are so different. I mean, like there's just no comparison. It's like they evolved because... Like I said before, they became so famous, they could do whatever they wanted, so they experimented a lot. That's why they also went all the way to India and had like their own like spiritual awakenings, especially George Harrison. Yeah, and I mean, 
mean, uh, it, drugs were part of a lot of what they did, but also like songs that you would think they would have been on drugs to do, like Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, that was not influenced by drugs at all, right? At least that's what they claim. So I have this, a lot of my knowledge comes from this book my mom bought me for Christmas a long, long time ago. And so I learned a lot from this book, but basically there were some songs, they would just come out and say, yeah, that song was about drugs. Like one of those songs that they said it was about drugs was Yellow Submarine. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Because <laughs> uh, there was, I guess, this hallucinogen that they would take that, that was a yellow pill and they nicknamed them the Yellow Submarines. <laughs> and then other songs where people are you know, so sure it was about drugs, but the, they denied are about drugs is, is Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. John Lennon claims that it was not about drugs and that his son Julian just came up to him one day with a picture that he had drawn. And he's like, oh, who's that? And he's like, oh, that's Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. And then, you know, John Lennon wrote the song about that. But some people are like, yeah, no, it's a cover-up story because Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds LSD. <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's surprising. I, I mean, I, I thought it was surprising when I heard that. It, it's some songs that stand out to me, you know, Blackbird, of course. Oh, uh, yeah, Blackbird, yeah. Oh, let's see. Penny Lane. Oh, Penny Lane. I, I really like Yesterday, too. I mean, who, who doesn't like that song, honestly? Yeah, for sure. So good. Hard Day's Night. I mean, it's endless. The list is endless of good songs by the Beatles. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they were very mainstream, but they experimented a lot too. Yeah, and the thing is, a lot of the music that we enjoy today with all the different things, the Beatles, you know, some people say the Beatles over and that, that they don't like the Beatles, but the thing is, without the Beatles, they would not have the music that they have today without the Beatles. And like, they're like, no, 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 they didn't. It's like, well, what do you like about those artists? And they'll, they'll name something. It's like, well, you can find that in that song by the Beatles or, or something like that. And it's just like, because they were the first ones to experiment with that. And like, they even went as far to experiment with crazy things with atonal music and like, what atonal music is there's regular music it has a melody and it flows and you can sing along to it that's called tonal music and then there's other music that doesn't necessarily have a melody and that's that you can't necessarily sing to and that's called atonal music and kind of like the how to distinguish it between the two like if you think about the the song yesterday by the beatles you know you have that oh i believe in yesterday you know it has that melody that you can sing along to but if you listen to atonal music like a common place to hear that kind of music is within soundtracks especially in horror soundtracks like um you know when um the famous shower scene in psycho when you know he's about to stab her with the music you hear that yan 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 it's like that's something it ha doesn't have a melody but it's still music and it, that's atonal music because so it's not something you can necessarily sing with a melody yeah another thing with atonal music is a lot of the time it uses the chromatic scale and the chromatic scale is a scale that's known as being something that is kind of almost like off-putting when you hear it and it creates uh like tension with people and, and can cause a little bit of anxiety that's kind of some of the music that they were experimenting with and nobody had really done anything with that type of music before yeah and the beatles they used a lot of their experimental music will have dealt with a lot of atonal music like i think it's called revolution nine where they used a lot of that atonal music in their experimentation like they would just drop things inside the piano and then try and play in all the, these weird chords and they would also play things backwards and it just came up with these really strange sounds <laughs> well and um i feel like before we move on we should also touch on it they have broken so many records yeah um, mm -hmm. like so many and i think that ariana grande was the first person to break one of their records just recently in the past like two or three years and it was a big deal because no nobody generally breaks the records that the beatles have set which record was that i i would have to read into it i i was not prepared 
shared with that today, but I think it was something like she had... Like the top three, right? Yeah, three, three or four songs on the top charts, something like that, um, which broke one of the Beatles records. Yeah, but still, though, the one that... I remember learning about this record in my music history class too, is that, which Ariana Grande still hasn't been, is that the Beatles had all the, when you had the hot 100 and then, you know, they had like the 100, the 50, and then there's 20, 10, and then five. And the Beatles at one point had all of their songs where the top five were all Beatles songs at one point. Yeah, which is just crazy. I mean, and, and there's and according to my teacher, that is a record that will never ever be broken again. Yeah, or at least would be very very difficult. I mean, yeah. I mean, with Ariana Grande doing you know the top three or four, you know, breaking that record, which is still incredibly impressive. I kind of doubt she would be able to break that one, because she would have to write a whole another you know top five songs to to fill those things out. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's impossible. I mean, it, anything is possible and music is always changing, but oh my gosh, like it's pretty much impossible. Yeah, it's well, the it's thing there. Is like, with today's music, how it is today, the Beatles were the foundation of all that music. I mean, they would, any artist would have to come up with something completely and totally new, and at least in my opinion, to break that record. Yeah. And I mean, I, I'm sure there's a lot of you out there right now screaming into your phones or whatever you're listening on. Well, what about the Rolling Stones? I mean, they did a lot too. <laughs> What are you yeah. guys doing? What are you yeah. talking about? Yeah. Well, they are next. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I, I don't know. Do you feel like it's a, a good point where we can... Yeah, I, I think we've covered the, the Beatles enough. If we keep talking, we'll just keep talking more and more because I could talk about them forever. Right. So, let's move on to the Rolling Stones. They, in my opinion, in a lot of ways, are kind of the other half of the coin when it comes to the Beatles and the British Invasion. They were so big as well and had many records of their own. And they were known as kind of the first hard rock band to ever come out. They were a little bit more grimy than the Beatles and had a slightly different sound, but were still very popular in the mainstream. Yeah, I mean, I my knowledge with the Rolling Stones isn't isn't too big. I, I don't. Uh, have... No, my, mine's not anywhere near as big because I actually don't care that much for the Stones. I mean, there's maybe like maybe two or three songs I like by them, and that's about it. And I'll just say, as you heard before, I love so many of the Beatles songs. So for me to be able to talk the same about the Stones, I probably would not be able to do them justice either. Yeah, so I mean, we, we aren't going to be able to do them much much justice here, but we did want to mention them because they were, I mean, so, some people will say that they're, they were more influential than the Beatles. I, mm. I would say that it's probably about 50-50. I, I personally am more of a Beatles fan, but uh, Rolling Stones, they deserve to be up there. Yeah. Like I mean, like I could probably just sound biased, but I think you know the, the Stones are definitely influential, but I don't think they were anywhere near as influential as the Beatles. Yeah, but I mean, everybody, I mean, people get in arguments about that all the time. I yeah, mean, that's why why I'm saying you know oh, I could probably just sound biased because I like the Beatles more. Yeah, but, and I mean we. But the we, thing is like. You know, when you learn about them, I know I keep mentioning my, my Rock History class, but that's where I'm getting a lot of my information for this podcast because of what I learned. But when we had a whole week where we where we talked about the Beatles, the Stones, that was probably maybe 20 minutes in one class period. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, I yeah. If, if you were to ask my opinion, my opinion would be that the Beatles were more influential. But I still I still think that the Rolling Stones deserve to be up there, you know, in the, the list of the greats, the the originators of rock, and I, I think he would agree. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I don't want to, like, downplay them because, you know, without them, we well, maybe we never would have had the progression of rock that led into metal and heavy metal and grunge and all those other genres that I enjoy in the subgenres of rock and roll. 
Yeah, and I, I would agree with that too. Like, even though the Beatles started so much, I feel like Rolling Stones, they helped push it even further, especially when it came to hard rock, because the Beatles, they were a little bit more easy to listen to, I would say. Yeah. Um, whereas the Rolling Stones were a little bit heavier and, and helped push that forward. Yeah, and also in a lot of the... A lot of the Stones music had a little bit more of a of a of an agenda, I would say. I mean, I won't go much into that, but you know, I definitely feel like the Beatles—they were just experimenting with music, having fun with it—and the Stones was just all about rebellion. Yeah, they were a very rebellious band, and they—I I feel like that's why people kind of gravitated to them as well, as they had that rebellious feel, whereas the Beatles did not as much. Yeah, because like when when you look at old footage of a Beatles concert versus a Stones concert, the Beatles. <laughs> Beatles was all just, you know, girls all dressed up and dolled up, you know, just screaming their heads off. If you look at old footage of a of an old Rolling Stones concert, you know, just a bunch of people and like they would have inflatable penises and and, <laughs> and and all things like that, you know, it was a different, completely different scene. Like one group was like, oh, you go up with your friends and you know, your parents know about it and maybe the Stones. It's like, uh, my parents don't know that I'm here. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's at least how I would compare when I've, when I've looked at, cause I like looking up old concerts and, and videos of, of those bands back in the day and to see what it was like, because they happened way before I was born. <laughs> well, and, and maybe this is kind of a good example of what you just described. For instance, my grandmother, she is a huge Beatles fan. And I, I believe she may have even went uh, to some of their concerts. I don't know for sure, but I do know that she was, is very into the Beatles. But she never really listened to the Stones um, because they were kind of, in a way, considered like taboo. And like she, she wouldn't even listen to uh, Queen, which we will be talking about a little later in this podcast. So I mean, I I think that kind of shows you like how the culture was in certain places back in the day. Beatles were a lot more in the mainstream. I feel like. Yeah, like here, here's an analogy I just came up with. If you were to, let's say, you have a teenage daughter who grew up in the '60s, and let's say she brought home Paul McCartney back when they, you know, they had their shoes and their bowl cuts, your parents probably probably would have found over and like oh yeah you know he's a great choice versus over you know maybe she brought home Mick Jagger <laughs> you'd probably be like what is this hooligan doing with my daughter you know, yeah like at least that's how I kind of view when it comes between the Beatles and the Stones yeah but both were uh, very influential very important and I, th- I think from there the next one on the list some people might think it's kind of a weird place to put this band but i think that they are deserving of this spot and i think oh. that they are very underrated oh yeah they're definitely underrated i don't think it's a weird spot because they're also a big part of the the british invasion too with the beatles and the stones yeah it's so true and who are they ryan it is the who, who? actually oh you know the who yeah who yeah the who? <laughs> yeah, wait, who's sorry, on first? Sorry. What's on second? I don't know who's on third. No? <laughs> Lots of dad jokes today for you. Bear with us. <laughs> but yeah, the, the Who, they have some incredible songs that no one really talks about. Well, and then they're even still popular today. I mean, they've just been around for the longest time and they have all these incredible songs and it seems like nobody really knows about them anymore. Even though I even just had this conversation before we recorded this, I was like, oh yeah, but my, my personal favorite song, which is one of their most famous, is called Bob O'Reilly and Ryan's like Bob O'Reilly I don't think of it it's like you know that one and it's like and it's like they use it in movies and commercials all the time I start and so I pulled it up on YouTube and the moment it started playing because the intro was 30 seconds long before they even start singing and I was like and, oh I've yeah. heard this I yeah this I, I recognize this right away <laughs> yeah so I mean like if you don't know who the who are i know you know you've heard their music before pause it go to youtube type in baba b-a-b-a o'reilly 
by The Who and just press play and I know you will have recognized it. Yeah, or the one that's, who are you? Who, 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 who? I really want to know. No. Yeah, that one is amazing. Sorry for our terrible, our terrible hey, singing. Hey, who, 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 who are you calling a terrible singing voice? Okay, okay. I'm sorry for my terrible singing. No, I'm not that great of a singer anyways either. But, but. hopefully you know what song I was referencing there. Well, when you say who, I mean, I think, I think it's obvious that it's The Who. Yeah, so. well, very true, very true. I'll give you that <laughs> yeah but so yeah there's the who we wanted to give them a mention because they are kind of an underrated band because they're so great they have a lot of good music even do they have any concept albums i can't remember but mm, i don't know i'm not too uh tailored on their discography but i i definitely should look into that yeah but anyways a great band go and check them out if you haven't heard who the who are as well as these other ones we've talked about as well i mean uh e- even chuck berry has some songs that are very iconic that are worth, uh, even more than just johnny be good yeah that are that are worth listening to so then the next one that we want to get into uh and i think a lot of people will be happy that we're talking about this one <laughs> very popular led zeppelin yeah and led zeppelin they're they're pretty important because they're considered one of the first heavy metal bands and i was like what led zeppelin as heavy metal but yeah by technically by definition they were the first and back in the day they they tore it up and they also had some concept albums they they did things they did things with the guitar that are still amazing to listen to today. Absolutely crazy. Yeah. <laughs> the solos and uh, I don't know. There's so much you can say about Led Zeppelin. I mean, yeah, like what, like um, I don't know, like I've never even heard of Led Zeppelin. I'm sure you've heard some because a lot of their music is very popular in movies, just like some of the whose music is today. I mean, like there's um, Cashmere. Oh, Cashmere is incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Or the immigrant song. I <laughs> yes. I think the most recent movie I've seen that was um in Thor Ragnarok. So you know it's still being their music still being used today and Stairway to Heaven. Um, oh yeah, another such, beautiful. Every, every person who plays the guitar knows at least the intro to that song. So <laughs> I have a quick story about that one. Um, a, a friend of mine. He I guess when he was in high school, they would do like uh, ward dance parties uh, for his church, and the bathroom song was always "Stairway to Heaven" because it's it's a pretty long song. I think it's like six seven minutes something like that. And so in the middle of the dance, they would have a bathroom break and they would play "Stairway to Heaven" over the intercom, and you. Knew, like when it was getting close to being over oh i've got to rush back into the you know the auditorium to mm-hmm. dance some more <laughs> anyway I, I just always thought that was a super funny story and another fun thing with uh stairway to heaven is i've actually heard that if you play that one backwards on the guitar it's supposed to be a bad omen or bad luck oh um, really i didn't know that yeah so don't go playing that song backwards because it's not good <laughs> oh interesting if you're superstitious like that, but I'm a little stitious, but yeah, me, me too. I mean, I, I, I don't know how much stock I put in that stuff, but uh, I was being sarcastic. <laughs> you know what? No, from the office, you know. So oh. I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. I am a little. <laughs> Man, I love the office. Sorry, we're getting off off topic on a well, tangent. Well, oh, this is you know kind of you know how a little sidetrack, but this is kind of how Transmitter came about. Ryan and I would always be talking about music, and always you know it's just in our everyday conversations. But of course know other things would come up with watching tv shows or culture or things that, that we could just bond over and that's kind of where the idea for transmitter came from well we would talk about music all the time and we decided well why not just record it and put it on the internet and do this thing for fun 
Yeah, it's so true. I mean, every day that, you know, whenever Nick is over or I'm over at his place, we are always talking about the majority of stuff we talk about seems like it has to do with music. And I mean, Nick has his own band that he's in and I've always been passionate about music and that's why we decided to do this. And I mean, hopefully you guys are enjoying it and you're, if, if nothing else, hopefully you're seeing the passion that we have for it. Yeah. And that's why we're talking about all these different bands. And if we miss one that you absolutely love, and that's why we apologize because there's, there's so much to talk about because there are just so many great bands that we just couldn't even possibly begin to touch because that's way too much content. Yeah, well, I, and I mean, there was some that we were considering putting on this list and we're like, well, we'd better leave it out. I, I mean, I know at least in my head I was doing oh, that, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. so. But uh, yeah, it, moving on um, from Led Zeppelin, I, is there anything else that you wanted to... No, I think, you know, that's the, the basics, you know, the, a lot of great music, some good concept albums and heavy influencers of heavy metal. Yeah, also, um, sorry, I just thought with with all of these bands that we've discussed so far, they are also very well known for their live talent and, and just how well they could sing live. When you look back at the Beatles music, for example, and Nick was telling me this a week or two ago, like you might not think that the vocals are anything very intricate or, or spectacular. Yeah, yeah like they, they don't come off like, you know, say... I don't know, what would you consider some of the great vocalists now? I mean, a lot of people think Mariah Carey is up there. Oh, yeah, or Whitney If she Houston. does an auto-tune or, yeah. <laughs> you know, sorry, Mariah Carey. But anyway, so all of these bands that we've talked about so far, they uh, are very good live as well. So I just thought I'd throw that in there. I mean, there's lots of bands you know, where they they were super popular, super influential, but they weren't that great as singers. Like one, one artist that comes to my mind is Tom Petty. He did not have a good singing voice, but yet he was this famous rock star and when he passed away everybody's like no we lost one of the greats and or bob dylan bob dylan can definitely cannot sing like i'd <laughs> even seen him live and of course you know he was a lot older when i saw him live but his voice was absolutely trashed and and i didn't even enjoy it that much because he didn't even play all his old stuff he had written a new album only played from his new albums like and you could not understand his voice it was like but I mean, not to bash on Bob Dylan. He yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, he's more known for you know his his writing style and his lyrics. But for sure. um, but yeah, so you, you don't necessarily have to be an amazing singer to be a great musician. Yeah, and, and I mean, it, exactly. Like even though they might not have sounded great, people still would love to listen to them, even if not for their vocals, for the lyrics or what they were sharing with the world. So yeah, no, even just their, with their instruments. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so the next band we want to talk about, I think they. They heavily influenced a lot of psychedelic rock, and also they really perfected the idea of a concept album was Pink Floyd. Oh yeah, they, they've got to be one of my personal favorites. I mean, they did so much to influence what would be progressive rock, progressive metal. Progressive rock was around at the time, but Pink Floyd really brought it into the mainstream. And I mean, who knows, maybe progressive, you know, those more progressive bands, they might not be around today if not for Pink Floyd. Yeah, because they would just do such crazy things. Like one of my favorite things to do when I'm actually, um, when driving with people and I know they don't have the same music tastes as I do and they don't know rock very well, <laughs> there's a song called The Great Gig in the Sky. Do you know that one? Yes. Oh yeah. my gosh. No, so it starts off with a very very soft, you know, melodic piano is like, dun, 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 you know, and it's oh, it's very nice and pleasant to listen to. But eventually, the lead singer, I forget his name, but uh, he just starts singing, going, ah, 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 
going on and just like he just starts screaming in the song and, and like people are like what on earth are we listening to and I just love to see the reaction of the people's faces and it just goes to show just how different you know, how psychedelic and maybe they were on drugs when they wrote that song but I love listening to it because it's something different it's something unique rest in peace headphone users that's <laughs> I, all I have to say about I'm sorry, that I'm like, sorry I couldn't tell <laughs> no, I, I it, with, it. With, without any justice if I didn't do the, the weird ah! No. <laughs> and, and Nick actually did a pretty good job there. That is kind of what it sounds like. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, and they had songs like kind of creepy sounding songs. Like if you've ever heard, Is There Anybody Out There? It mm. starts out and it's kind of just this mellow song. And all of a sudden, it, this person... He, he comes in with the vocal saying, is there anybody out there? But every time he gets to the end of the sentence and says, anybody out there, there's these echoes of other people saying, anybody out there? Mm-hmm. And so it's they have some just very kind of creepy, trippy songs, and it usually has to do with an overall arching theme. They were also very rebellious in their own way. I mean, uh, we don't need no education. Oh, um, oh yeah, the, uh, another brick in the wall. Yeah, yeah, which um, I love that album. It's, it's so good. The wall. Oh, oh yeah, I mean that song in general is just really great. It was actually one of the first songs I ever heard by them, and just the ending is so weird because they had like this Irish guy. Because I guess they were that song's kind of protesting how I guess the education system was. I don't know in that decade or previous time when they were in school or something like that. But they were kind of just finding out how I guess there was a little bit of abuse when it came to disciplining. And you hear this like Scottish Irish guy going, "If you don't eat your meat, you can't have yes. any pudding. How can you have any pudding if you don't?" it's your meat (laughs) (laughs) yeah they they had some interesting vocals on their albums and and they i don't know they had so many different interesting sounds that they brought in and i i think that's kind of what made them progressive is they would bring in stuff that you would never hear anywhere else another album that we should probably talk about is the The dark Dark side Side of the moon yeah i was about to say that (laughs) dark side of the moon it's another concept album and a strange thing with this one that i found out a while back so the wizard of oz if you turn down the volume all the way Oh, I've heard about this. I never tried it. But yeah, yeah. I've, I've never done it either. But if you turn down the volume all the way and, and mute the Wizard of Oz and you start the dark side of the moon right when the movie starts, it will play through the movie. And right as the album ends, the movie will end as well. Like it's the same amount of time. And people even say that the music kind of coincides with the Wizard of Oz in a weird way, which I don't think that was necessarily intentional, but definitely a cool little coincidence. Yeah, coincidence with that album. Oh, well, coincidence, right? Right. And maybe it's <laughs> Nah, you don't know. <laughs> so. Yeah, so Pink Floyd, they they are amazing. They're amazing live as well. Yeah, that's... I think that's a good touch on Pink Floyd. Yeah. <laughs> and then next, what we wanted to talk about was going because you know they're kind of you know, Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, and part of the British Invasion, and also just rock and progressive rock and psychedelic rock. But we also want to talk on a couple other bands, kind of introduce more of the punk scene, like The Cure and the Pixies. Yeah, yeah, and uh, The Cure definitely is a little older than the Pixies. Um, Pixies came out in the 90s i believe cure i believe started out in the 70s but yeah they they were part of the british invasion as well and they brought that whole punk rock sound into the mix and i i genuinely feel like they without them we wouldn't have had the the rise of punk music in like the 2000s or the 90s with you know we we were talking about green day and uh, fallout boy my chemical romance Mm -hmm. they kind of drew on some of those same types of sounds and so we felt like we 
had to at least bring up the cure and I we wanted to throw the pixies in there too because they uh were more more recent in the 90s yeah. but still kind of had that that similar sound to the cure in a way some of their stuff yeah and I think you know the cures they're they're kind of important because especially with Robert Smith and his interesting look <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I really think his look with his heavy makeup and his big voluminous hair and, and all that stuff you no know, really influenced a lot of the the hair bands of the 80s <laughs> oh yeah yeah, and and definitely influenced yeah. the the whole emo trend later on. I think. Oh yeah, for sure. And so. Like I mean, like definitely Kiss was a heavier influence in that. But of course, Robert Smith just with his look. <laughs> I mean, yeah, very. I've, iconic. I've only seen a couple of his music videos, but every time though, his face is like just caked white, and he's gotten lipstick and mascara on and his hair is always just waving in the air and he's typically always wearing black sometimes he wears other things but i think that just his image also just influenced another era that led into the 80s as well oh definitely and i mean there's so many bands even today that uh use makeup and dress in dark clothing i mean it's become a staple really for a lot of bands and not saying that the cure was the first band to do that but definitely helped influence all of it i think yeah, for sure iEngraveStuff.com is a local engraving service based in Linden, Utah. If you want an amazing engraving done on one of your personal belongings, get in touch with one of their specialists today. You might meet McKay, who is one of the main brains of the operation. He's also one of our close friends and the drummer of Nick's band, Blix10. Follow their Instagram page to stay in touch with the latest news for iEngraveStuff. And be sure to type in TP10 in all caps in the promo code box when you're shopping online at their store. I really enjoy their work. They make engraving look easy when it actually has quite a few factors that come into play. Many things can switch and cause a problem, but the pyros that I engrave stuff have it down to a science. They are continually improving their craft, which has been cool to see. If you want in on this action, look up I engrave stuff on Instagram, Facebook, and iengravestuff.com. Yep, that's the letter. I. And then engrave. And then stuff. iengravestuff.com. Next, we wanted to talk about Queen because we feel like... And well, we're not talking about the Queen of England. Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I mean, that we, we should do an episode on the Queen of England. Yeah? Yeah. she a real headbanger? Yeah. I'm, I'm sure she is. Oh, I bet okay. she got into rock music at some point. I'm, maybe I'm, she I'm maybe sure. she listens to heavy metal every day. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure now we're going to be invited by the royal family and be, he be beheaded now. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. We are so sorry. <laughs> Had to throw it in there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry, that's enough of the dad <laughs> jokes for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, Queen. Um, Queen, we wanted to talk about them next because we feel like, well, at least I feel like, they're kind of the aftermath of the British invasion. Yeah, but they're also, they're very, they're definitely rock. I mean, like, we will rock you. But then they also have a lot of elements of pop in them as well. Oh, yeah. They, they experimented with so many different sounds. If you've seen that recent movie, uh, I think it is... Bohe Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, yeah. Okay, Bohemian Rhapsody. There's a part in the trailer, Nick and I were just talking about this, but uh, it, you know, he says, next comes the operatic section. Yeah. <laughs> and like Brian May is like, what? I was like, yeah, right. Okay, yeah, sure. Wh whatever you say, yeah. Freddie. Yeah, so I mean, <laughs> Freddie Mercury, he played with so many different sounds, but still kept that like clean-cut, 80s, grandiose vibe. I guess. Yeah. And, so, and then of course, you know, another reason why they were so big is that Freddie Mercury had such a unique voice and talent. 
Oh, yeah. All of it was supposedly because of his uh, front teeth, right? Oh, yeah, because he also had a very large range. I forget exactly how large it was, but he could go very high and a little bit low. And then also a big thing, because apparently, I guess, like during his autopsy, you know, they studied his mouth and the way that his teeth were, were formed helped him to hit, you know, certain notes and ranges that most people could not ever achieve. And so Freddie Mercury, I guess he knew this because I remember hearing stories of how when he became Became famous people offered like hey we can fix your teeth for you I'm willing to pay for it but Freddie Mercury would always turn them down because he knew it would affect you know how he would sound yeah another interesting thing about Queen is I don't feel like they were super popular when they came out um, and when no, they were yeah they, they kind of struggled at first yeah and, and but they've only grown more and more popular since then I mean Bohemian Rhapsody I feel like everybody kind of knows about that song and if you haven't heard it definitely check it out it is an incredible song and it captures so many different sounds of rock I mean it, and it does have an operatic section in yeah. it and yeah they, they experimented with opera and some other sounds that other bands prior to them had not and uh, definitely worth being on this list for a lot of reasons so yeah for sure and plus you know they have so many songs that people love and still sing to today I mean like everybody loves Bohemian Rhapsody everybody yeah. loves We Will Rock You everybody loves We Are The Champions There's... Fat Bottom Girls uh, it, yeah yeah. You're, you're My Best Friend so, oh my gosh there's so many yeah so they're definitely one for sure you know that they definitely influenced a lot and I think they even influence some of the pop scene as well oh of course and i one thing that i personally want to add is i've always felt like they have the most unique guitar sound when it comes to their solos yeah brian may is a brilliant guitarist he's an amazing solist great guitarist and i think that without his talent i don't think yeah sure you know, freddie mercury is definitely the powerhouse of the band but mixed with brian may's guitar i really think that helped go forward with why they became so popular and successful Absolutely. But yeah, is there anything else you want to touch on with Queen or should we move on? Yeah, let's go ahead and move on. All right. The next band we wanted to bring up and talk about was U2 because they are, well... Well, the interesting thing about U2 is that U2 is one of those classic timeless bands that still resonates with people today. I mean, they're still making music and they're still super popular touring across the world. It's like they never grew out of the 80s. They just kept on adapting into the 90s, into the 2000s, into this decade. And this decade's almost over and they're still a relative band and they've really yeah they they have changed but they kind of haven't they just took all the good sounds and all the good aspects of of the 80s and they brought it into the 90s and then they took what they could from the 90s and brought it into the 2000s and they just keep evolving but they just they always evolve to become better whereas a lot of bands do not so mm-hmm. they're, they're like a fine wine they've aged very well and although some of their newer music isn't as popular as some of their older stuff definitely still very very relevant, very in the mainstream, and I, most people know about them or have heard their music before. And if you haven't heard their music, I'm sure you have. I mean, just go on YouTube, I'm sure you'll find some song that they've played that you've heard before, because their music is used, used a lot in movies, too. And we encourage you to check out these bands that we've mentioned if you've never heard of them, because it, in our opinion, they helped influence everything that you hear today. So, And also, that's the whole point of Transmitter, is to talk about music, and hopefully, you know, we can learn new stuff, new artists, new songs, that we, we, we can expand and our horizons of music. Yeah. So yeah, that that's you too. And I think the reason we put them on this list, one of the main reasons is just to show how well 
older music can age. Yeah, for sure. I mean, because you have people who know who are our age, they love U2, but U2, I know my dad likes the band U2 as well. I mean, like, that's two totally different generations who love the band U2. Yeah. Um, and, and next on our list uh, is the Eagles, which uh, they are actually, they came from, I believe they've been around since the late 60s, 70s? Something mm-hmm. around there. I think it was 67 or 65 when they started. Yeah, I want to say 67. But yeah, they are an incredible band. If you've never heard the song Hotel California. That's definitely one of their most iconic. Yeah, and I mean, they use, uh, there's the double guitar going. If it, if you've never seen a live performance, like even if you've never looked one up on YouTube, please look it up and watch it because it is incredible. You get the lead singer going with the guitar along with Joe Walsh and it it will blow your mind. <laughs> and don't they use a 12 string for the intro for Hotel California? They do, yeah. Yeah, yeah I love that. 12 string guitars are awesome. Yeah. yeah, and so I mean the Eagles, they deserve a spot here because they are definitely one of the most successful rock bands since the greats, you know, the Beatles, the Rolling Stones. Yeah, and Joe Walsh by himself, he's considered one of a very influential guitarist as well. Yeah, and I honestly had no idea just how influential Joe Walsh was. I've just recently been learning about him from a co-worker at work, and it is incredible all that he has accomplished in his life and how much he has contributed to the, the Eagles music. So mm. definitely would encourage you guys to go and check out his solo work as well, because he does stuff with the guitar that is is incredible. (laughs) And then the next band that we want to talk about, I would definitely, in my opinion, and anybody else's opinion is wrong, they're the pinnacle of metal music, and that is Metallica. Oh yeah, they are so good. (laughs) So much skill in that band, I mean. I know, James Hetfield, and I'm starting to forget the other names, but... (laughs) Yeah, but they are incredible, and from the moment they touched their guitars and and he picked up the mic, they have been amazing. Like, they... Yeah, and they're still even popular and relevant to this day. I mean, they released an album a few years ago, Hardwired to Self-Destruct, and that became super popular. And, like, I've even seen where they're James Hetfield and... I'm trying to remember the lead guitarist name, and I'm kicking myself that I don't remember his yeah, name. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I don't know either. But anyways, he and the and the lead guitarist, they get invited to go and play a really cool rendition of the national anthem with their guitars. Like, there's no singing or anything. They just play the national anthem on guitar, and it's really cool. If you haven't seen they just type in Metallica, the national anthem, and you can see them at football games, hockey games, things like that, and they'll just rockify the national anthem, and it's a really cool rendition and to the national anthem that they play. Kirk Hammett. I can't believe I forgot that. Hammett, yes. Okay. As a guitar player, I should know that. Yeah, well, I had to look it up, so I'm just as guilty as you are. But yeah, and they have some very, uh, gosh, their Black Album is so amazing. They have some iconic albums. They helped influence what metal is today. They kind of were a big part of what brought thrash metal into... Oh, yeah, because then eventually there was Megadeth. And... Yeah, and into the mainstream. And, and yeah, when the first uh, lead singer of Metallica broke off and created Megadeth and then you had the two different you know sides of the same coin where the sound was very similar. I definitely think that and a lot of people are probably going to hate me for saying this but I, I would think that Metallica has has been more successful than Megadeth. Oh, yeah, definitely, because Metallica is still relevant today. Yeah, I mean, not saying that Megadeth isn't, but... Well, you hear about Metallica, and they're, they collaborated with Lady Gaga like a couple of years ago. Yeah. You don't hear Megadeth doing collaborating with Ed Sheeran or anything like that. No, <laughs> so... not really. <laughs> but, I I mean, yeah. I I love some Megadeth songs, and, I mean, they'll always have a special place in my heart, too. Yeah, I, I do think that Metallica has been able to uh, ride the wave a little better than yeah. uh, Megadeth. Mm-hmm. 
Um, let's see, what else can you say about Metallica? I mean, they have a lot of classic songs, too. I mean, you have Enter Sandman, which is probably one of their most iconic uh, heavy metal songs. Yeah, or, or Nothing Else Matters, which... Yeah, I was just about to mention that. Oh, sorry. They're, they're, no, you can go ahead and talk about that, but yeah, they're, they're not only just heavy metal, but they have very, you know, soothing melodic songs, too. Yeah, and, and that's what I was going to say about it. No, nothing Else Matters is so uh, kind of relaxing and soothing and has uh, such a... A strong and deep meaning behind it. It's a very good song of theirs. If you haven't heard it, I would definitely check it out. But yeah, like even today, they ju they just released an album not too long ago. They are still chugging along and they still do things with the guitar that a lot of other musicians can't. So. Yeah, yeah, because they're just incredible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and they yeah. sound really good live still. I mean, they've they've aged a lot, and it surprises me how well they still sound, or or how good they still sound. I mean, I think that they were just on. I want to say David Letterman, but I know he's not around anymore. Um, um, maybe Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon. I, I want to say Jimmy Kimmel. I think they were on or, the Jimmy Kimmel show. Or, or Conan. Yeah, I, I want to say Jimmy Kimmel, but I might be wrong. But yeah, they just did a live performance on there just a couple years ago, and it sounded amazing they still sounded like they were young and and kicking right? yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> so uh let's see anything else you want to say about metallica or? they're a great heavy metal band if you haven't listened to them definitely check them out at least give a lot some of their old stuff a chance if you don't like their newer stuff yeah and from there we would probably move on that the next one on our list here is rush which is an amazing band. Helped. Oh, yeah. I've never listened to them much, but I definitely recognize them as because you know, they were just a very influential band when it comes to their music. Yeah, and if you've never if you've never heard them, it, maybe you have and you just don't remember. If you look them up, the, the lead vocalist has a very high voice, very unique, and, and they really helped push uh, progressive rock and, and progressive metal forward. They, they actually, I heard a story recently, and, and this is unconfirmed whether this is 100% accurate, as for the bands come up and, and where they're from and everything, but I heard that they started in Canada, and uh, here in the States, up in the northern states, they were being played on a radio station in Canada, and people up in the northern United States started hearing this amazing band that they didn't know the name of. They were actually catching the, the radio waves from Canada and hearing Rush play, and they started telling the radio stations here in the U.S., the radio producers, hey, you gotta get these guys on the radio because they are incredible. They're just amazing. And so eventually Rush started touring down in the States and became more and more popular. And yeah, the, the one thing that I would say that I would want to focus on with Rush is just how much they influence the progressive side of things. They, they were kind of like Pink Floyd in that way where they had a lot of skill and they used it to make new sounds that people hadn't heard before. Yeah, for sure. And then going on from that, then you kind of get more into the 80s and the 80s and just in general for rock is an amazing time for the genre of music because you have so many different great art that are considered you know, some of the greats of, of rock and roll from that era. And one of them that we have on the list is Genesis and Phil Collins. Oh yeah, incredible. They started off in Genesis and Phil Collins eventually broke away and started doing some of his own solo stuff. Yeah, although I know some people didn't like his solo stuff and they like Genesis better. But... Yeah, there's a, a lot of uh, confrontation when it comes to fans of Genesis and Phil Collins sometimes. I personally like both, but there are some people who are like, no, Phil Collins should have never done that. Like, I remember actually hearing a few years ago, Phil Collins was going to do like another solo album and people were actually petitioning that he would not do that. <laughs> I was like, you jerks. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, uh, Phil Collins I, is like, amazing. I don't know what happened with that, but I haven't heard any new solo album from Phil Collins, so I don't know if it if that petition really stopped him or not. I but, doubt it did, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Uh, 
but yeah so like there's some people they don't didn't like phil collins as a solo artist but i think he did great and also a lot a lot of the music that he wrote for disney too with tarzan and brother bear and those other disney movies oh yeah particularly tarzan for me was incredible i mean it's such a unique soundtrack and like for for me you know that music that i heard in tarzan i loved it and i had no idea who he was but that was kind of like my first taste of listening to phil collins i'd never heard of genesis or, or anything like that before that yeah so so emotional and and just gripping we we had megadeth on here as well we kind of touched on them and and how they relate to metallica we have journey which i mean we could do a whole episode oh, on journey, journey you know, <laughs> they they were just so big and so popular and and um, one thing i think is kind of interesting journey's still around today i mean like i don't think they're writing new stuff but they're still touring but the, the lead singer i forget his name but oh yeah the the new lead singer um, yeah the new lead singer you know it was crazy about him is that the new lead singer sounds exactly like the old singer he really does he does a pretty good job and the thing is they just found him on youtube just doing covers of journey songs and they're like whoa he sounds exactly like the i forget his name oh Oh, there you hear ryan's dog yeah forgive (laughs) forgive us please that's that's my dog he gets a little enthusiastic (laughs) he's like i love journey (laughs) (laughs) he agrees But anyways, and they liked him enough that he he's now I think he's a permanent part of the band now. Yeah, it's yeah. it's amazing and so, so much talent. I think some of my favorite songs would have to be. Uh, oh, don't stop believing. Well, of course, separate ways. I mean, oh, that's such an awesome song. Yeah, I love that song. It really gets me pumped up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, could go on all day about Journey. Uh, so some other ones that we had on here were the Scorpions. I've actually never listened much to them, so I don't know much about their music. Oh uh, yeah, the Scorps are great. I remember hearing stories. It, my my mother used to tell me about how she used to listen to the Scorpions, and I personally really like a lot of their music. And then, of course, there's the other staples like Foreigner and Styx and Bon Jovi. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, what, we, we could go on all day here. With and that, that's what I mean. You know, like, the 80s is so chock full of so many amazing rock musicians and bands. Yeah. I mean, it, unfortunately, we, we probably won't mention all the ones that you guys want us to, but another big one that kind of influenced a lot of things was Elton John. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, he actually has his own movie out like they did for Queen as well. It's called Rocket Man. I haven't seen it, but... Yeah, it's it's supposed to be like a musical, I believe, and I I haven't seen it either. But yeah, he definitely deserves to be on this list, and I mean, he's done. Gosh, what hasn't he done? I mean, he even oh, yeah. did the soundtrack for El Dorado, the yeah, El Dorado and Lion King. Yeah, and, although he did though, uh, at least Lion King, he did with Tim Rice. Yeah, and I mean, he uh, he actually Nick just showed me this a week or two ago, but he actually had his own cover of Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, which I actually really like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was crazy. Like I had no idea that he that he. Did that but it was a really good cover of it yeah so yeah he deserves to be up there in my opinion and uh yeah i i guess at this point where we've talked about so much already uh maybe we should just kind of sum up what we've talked about so far did you want to take that away nick or oh yeah sure so yeah we started with chuck berry and how he kind of you know just revolutionized the way the guitar was used and kind of led into rock and roll then with elvis and breaking barriers with race and things like that and also being a kind of like an influencer when it come, come to being a tv personality and all that stuff and then of course you have the beatles which were a huge influence on music just today just because of how they wrote music and how popular they got and of course the rolling stones and how they kind of led that revolution of being a rebel and all that with and then, of course, there are other bands from the British Invasion who are, we consider are underrated, like The Who, and then Led Zeppelin being one of the very first heavy metal bands, and then Pink Floyd being influencing the progressive, psychedelic metal bands and, and perfecting the, 
the idea of the concept album. And then going into The Cure and the Pixies with the more punk scene, and then Queen and all the things that they did, and kind of mixing all the new different sounds kind of between rock and pop and then going into other bands like the Eagles and Metallica and Rush and all those other great 80s. Yeah, U2, Genesis, Phil yeah. Collins. Then we get into the 80s where there's just a big there's congregation so of much, so amazing much. bands and amazing musicians. But then of course also, that's when also hip-hop and pop started to become kind of start to dominate the charts a little bit too where rock kind of started getting its first competition. Yeah, and I, I mean, rock music by this point had been around for decades, and so when you had these new people come in, like we talked about on our new metal episode, Run DMC and Aerosmith, where it was like two different cultures coming together and, and breaking through and busting through the barriers and creating that kind of new metal or, or hip-hop sound, but that helped bring hip-hop up as well. You know, you had like the Beastie Boys and, and yeah, Run DMC. So hip-hop started coming to life, and then you had more pop showing up on the chart and I in my personal opinion I think at this point rock had been around for so long people were just ready for something new something yeah. new and a, and a new sound and it, you had different cultures on the rise and more freedom for people to do things yeah it was just a, a really great time for music and I, I think that kind of sums everything up up until the 80s mm -hmm. pretty well yeah and then the 90s came and kind of everything just changed you know pop was pretty much king pop and hip-hop but then of course, they have that one gem. You have Nirvana, you know, that, that was big. Like Nirvana was one of the biggest bands to have come up probably since the Beatles because like Nirvana almost had their same, because the Beatles, so they had what was called Beatlemania. And Nirvana was probably the next band that had it anything that closely was similar to the popularity and of the Beatles. Yeah. Sorry, but it, one thing really quick before we get too much into grunge and Nirvana, because that is... Well, there's a, a lot to cover on that, too. <laughs> yeah, a, a huge part of, of what came up in the 90s. I, I just wanted to mention, when we talked about new Metal a couple episodes ago, the reason we had an episode specifically for new Metal was just to show how it was kind of, in a way, its own cornerstone in rock and roll. Because you had the 80s, and then it led up to this... It's like an awkward transition, I guess you could say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it had this transition from what was the 80s rock and roll sound into you know more hip-hop oriented and you, you had grunge come up after but it without new metal we wouldn't have the music that we have today and that's why we felt that it was so important to start with new metal even though it kind of is such a small well, piece the reason why we started with lincoln park and then went into new metals because lincoln park is a is an artist that influenced both Ryan and I, and so we could talk about that and then get started with Transmitter and talk about our musical background so you can understand why we wanted to talk about this and why we're doing that, and it was something that we, we could share. Yeah, so even though we aren't gonna talk about it a whole lot because we already kind of have, I mean, we talked about Linkin Park, we talked about the new metal scene, we just wanted to rephrase really quick how important that piece of history was. I mean, not just because we grew up on it, but I mean, I, I genuinely do feel feel like it was a very important time of music even though a lot of people kind of look down on it yeah I, it still boggles my mind that some people were saying that it was an embarrassment it was like no, i don't i think it's great music yeah but anyways jumping into then what we had later with with grunge grunge it kind of just took the world by storm because grunge is a genre of rock that came out of nowhere it just started in seattle kind of started by nirvana kurt cobain the frontman of nirvana he's considered the father of grunge because he was so particular about 
about what his sound was going to be. Like he had a specific way of how he wrote his songs and the drums had to be a specific sound. Like I believe he went through like, I think it was like seven to 10 drummers before he decided to go with Dave Grohl yeah. as the drummer. Like he had a very specific sound in mind and that's why he's considered the father because why it's considered a whole new different genre all by itself. It's not just because it's loud, you know, and sometimes the lyrics are, are don't make sense or something like that because the way that grunge song is written is a is a very particular science i guess you could say because um when you write uh, a typical like a very typical grunge song like take um nirvana which is considered you know the, the top or the pinnacle of grunge music or the greatest song you know that nirvana ever wrote it starts off with you know just a simple kind of dun and Dun, 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 dun. and then you know you have the the drums come to dun, 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 dun. and then you know you have the heavy riff and then once you get into the verse when he starts singing it's very soft guitar and very you know mellow drums and all that stuff and then the bass as the lead during the verse and then when you jump into the chorus it turns into this big huge heavy guitar heavy drums and you're just going all out just go ahead and listen to smells like teen spirit you'll hear that that intro and then you know with the soft verse and then the heavy choruses and then it repeats that again and until the song ends because it was such a particular way that Kurt Cobain wrote his music it wasn't just writing random stuff he had a very specific way of how he wrote his music yeah and, and I mean grunge music I feel like it kind of came up after new metal because new, new metal was uh, such a like angry and diverse sound and then grunge, well, grunge is too but <laughs> it, it is it is but in a way grunge is more simplified like it's it's almost like pure raw emotion and when I say simplified it still is very complex. I mean, it's just different and it really did take the world by storm. And Nirvana and the grunge scene, I mean, like, like Soundgarden. Alice in Chains. Yeah, Alice in Chains. Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah, there, there's so many just amazing grunge bands that are still around today and, and people still love to listen to them. And I really like that you brought up the simplicity because that was another big thing because when in a grunge song you, you will not hear wild solos like you do in the 80s like with Metallica or Megadeth or Big you know, Thrash or bands like that you will not I'm like yeah I'm sure you can still have solos in grunge but they will be nowhere near like shredder music <laughs> yeah yeah and that's they... another intricate part of grunge is that's supposed to be simplistic yeah and so different from the 80s where you had these very clean cut just eloquent solos and grunge was a lot more dirty and yeah very and like i said very emotional and passionate and very raw yeah yeah and uh grunge it's the biggest thing since the beatles right at least one of them i mean like yeah not to say that the other bands didn't have their own crazes but nirvana had probably what was the closest to being like a mania since the beatles yeah because like they were just a fish out of water when it came to all the other artists that were topping the charts. Like you had like the Backstreet Boys or other, you know, totally different artists that did not sound the same. And then you had Nirvana <laughs> at yeah. the top of the charts. Yeah, it's, it's like crazy. They were all pop and R&B and hip hop. And then you have Nirvana. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, how did that happen? But yeah, that just goes to show how influential they were and definitely deserve to be on this list. And I would be remiss if I didn't talk about Dave Grohl and how he... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, Peace. yeah, Dave Grohl. He, yeah. He's definitely a musical influence of mine. I'll let you say what you're going to say, but I definitely... Well, no, yeah. actually, I, I think you should take it away because, I mean, you know more about him than I do. I, I just know he went off and created what is the biggest rock band out there today. Yeah, today, yeah. They are considered the biggest today. But yeah, Dave Grohl, he was... He didn't grow up in Seattle. He grew up in Washington, D.C. But basically, somebody who knew... I don't remember who. I remember watching this documentary about Nirvana and how Dave 
Dave Grohl kind of joined the band. But basically, he just, he loved punk music and would go to all these concerts and love playing music. And basically, he heard about Kurt Cobain and, and this was before um, Nirvana was even signed or anything big. But he just, I guess he just had a hunch and he dropped out of high school, traveled all the way to, to Seattle and joined Nirvana. And wasn't long very after that Nirvana blew up and they, they were touring all over the, the country, if not the world. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, I mean, after the tragic passing of Kurt Cobain, he, uh, I, I mean, I think he took a couple years hiatus. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. I mean, cause, because they became a very close-knit group of friends with Kurt Cobain, you know, Dave Grohl, and Kurt Novoselic, the bassist. Mm -hmm. They were a very tightly knit, close group of friends. And then with the tragic passing of Kurt Cobain, one of your best friends, he just, he dies. Yeah. Tragically. And so, you know, he took a few years and then he decided to form the Foo Fighters. And then you have like some of his earlier classics, like Everlong, all that stuff. And slowly but surely, Foo Fighters became what are considered today's the greatest rock band out there today. And I mean, some, some cool things about Dave Grohl, he actually is considered, I, I think he's even called Humble Dave by a lot of people. He is such a down-to-earth person. I mean, like, yeah, sure, he swears and all that stuff. And so some people are like, oh, well, he sings like a crass person. But no, when you watch interviews, he seems like the nicest, most coolest down-to-earth person. And he cares so much about the shows when he goes to perform. Like, I don't remember what country he was in, but a few years ago back, he was on stage. And while he was just in, getting into it, into the song he fell off stage and broke his leg <laughs> yeah i remember yeah. this story yeah I... yeah and so and everybody's like oh great you no know, the concert's over you know the lead singer and guitarist just broke his leg and like you just i remember watching the video and you hear jay Grohl. he's like he's kind of like out of it because probably the immense pain he's like i think i just broke my leg you know <laughs> and, and he says don't worry guys i will be back and i remember watching another interview where um taylor hawks the drummer he was like i thought we were done at that. i thought we were all gonna get to go home and that was it for the concert because Dave Grohl kind of leads the entire concert and they, all the rest of the musicians just follow his lead. It's like, well, Dave's gone. What are we going to do? But Dave Grohl wanted them to continue the concert. And like, okay, we'll, we'll try our best. <laughs> and then, you know, a few hours later after, you know, he's in the cash and all that stuff, Dave Grohl is insistent, even despite what the doctors wanted him to do to not perform anymore. They have him, he convinces some of the EMTs or what they're called, you know, the people who ride in the ambulances. Yeah, so yeah. He convinces them to come out, put a stool for his leg to sit on and the EMT holds his foot on that while he sits on a, on a chair and Dave Grohl completes the three-hour concert. <laughs> After he was probably heavily on pain meds and continues the, the concert. Yeah. Because he's like, those people, they were all looking forward to this concert. They took time off work or they spent a lot of money to be there. And then we're not providing that product for them. Their people have difficult and stressful lives. And this is something that they love and want to get away from the world and enjoy themselves. And Dave Grohl understands that. And like, he wanted to give what the people wanted. And then eventually, because, <laughs> you know, he broke his leg. So it had to heal for quite a few months. And since Dave Grohl is so freaking rich from Nirvana, because Nirvana made absolutely millions. So <laughs> Dave Grohl is super rich and well just from Nirvana alone. He, he he spared no expense and he made this huge giant throne for him to sit on top and play while his leg was still healing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, he man, he is incredible. He's an he's an amazing guy and just so humble and down to earth. Everybody loves him. I look up to the guy. <laughs> oh yeah, he's a great guy. Like I remember this there was this other video I saw where he's in the middle of one of their harder songs and he's just playing. All of a sudden he just stops the entire band and he sees out this one guy who's literally pushing you know and like punching these other people in the concert and he's like we don't tolerate that kind of behavior here get the f out of my concert <laughs> because you know this guy was hurting other people on the floor it's like
like, we don't tolerate that kind of thing. He looks out for all the people who come to hear him sing his music that they have a good time. If he sees someone who is bringing somebody else's experience for them, he will single them out, get the whole crowd against them, and kick them out of the show. Yeah, and I mean, uh, let's see, he's also been known to fill in for other bands' drummers when they oh, have yeah. been sick or unable mm -hmm. to drum. He's still an amazing drummer even to this day. Oh yeah, I, I personally consider him one of the greatest drummers to have ever lived. Yeah, yeah, definitely, without a doubt. What else can you say? Oh, I guess we could tell you a little bit about the Foo Fighters. The name Foo Fighters is actually referenced to it back in like World War One, World War Two. The the jet fighters when they were flying around, they would see these lights, like these flashes of lights moving around very quickly, and they almost look like UFOs. And they they became to be known as Foo Fighters. Anyway, that's one of the things that that title for the band stems back to. And I don't know if they necessarily. There may be a whole another reason why they actually. Named it the Foo Fighters, but well, they, they named it after those planes, those British planes. So. Yeah, so yeah, that's that's some information on Nirvana and grunge, and let's see, is it and just the awesomeness of Dave Grohl? So. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and the Foo Fighters, and and that's the rock music that is still around today, and is the most popular rock band. Yeah, and then now. there's and there's other popular versions of rock that are just the more than just the Foo Fighters, but they just more dominate the rock charts rather than the top 100 charts like the Foo Fighters do because then you have what after Kurt Cobain tragically passed then you have other bands that came after like Puddle of Mud and then other bands that I like to listen to you and I like to listen to like the post grunge scene uh, Three Days Grace Brick and Benjamin Seether and other rock bands like that or, or Rage Against the Machine yeah. or you know, <clears throat> just lo lots of other great bands that we listened to in the early 2000s. Yeah, they kind of drew on that grunge type sound. I, I mean, at least with post grunge, you, you know, like Three Days Grace, I, I would say Seether as well, drew on that grunge sound. One band that wasn't on this list that I, I feel like we should talk about them a little bit is Nickelback. Just because yeah, that's true. Yeah, they are considered one of the top selling acts. Yeah, and they are grunge, and I mean, a lot of people have mixed feelings about them, but I mean, you can't deny that they have, I mean, so many people go to their concerts. Yeah, and the thing is, I think it's so weird, like, people are like, Nickelback, I hate Nickelback. There's, like, a huge, like, I guess you could say following. Base, yeah. No, 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 following that hates Nickelback. They're considered the most hated successful group in music history. Which is so weird, because aren't they on, like, the Rock Hall of Fame? Yeah, they are. They're considered the most hated successful. Yeah. <laughs> It's so strange. But yeah, so I mean, that that kind of is a little bit of what grunge music is about. And I don't know, is there anything else that we want to add as far as... Uh... I mean, then also another big thing in the 2000s more than just post-grunge is the alternative scene. Oh, yeah. Well, and I, actually, I guess we should also talk about, you know, industrial and funk and alternative because, like, you had funk bands or, or funk rock bands like Rage Against the Machine, which you, you talked about a little a little bit ago, or industrial-type bands with, like, Nine Inch Nails and, you know, Trent Reznor. Mm -hmm. I mean, he definitely yeah. deserves to be talked about here. He's a brilliant musician yeah definitely uses aspects of rock as well as other uh, genres of music alternative and and yeah getting into almost like indie music and indie yeah. rock and then of course the punk scene with like my chemical romance or blue october you know more of the emo phase i guess you could call it <laughs> yeah yeah right. i mean even like fallout boy is considered punk rock at least their early stuff oh yeah for sure they've changed a little bit but yeah yeah so i mean I, all of that is kind of still <clears throat> in the mixing pot today and it'll be interesting to see how music evolves from here 
I know one band that I really like that kind of uses, they, they have like an 80s sound along with alternative and indie, and that's the 1975. I feel like they're a great kind of like, I don't know if you would call them 80s pop, but they're like a pop band today that I think is doing really well. Yeah, you've got the Foo Fighters that are holding up rock and oh, roll. Oh yeah, for sure. And Metallica is still out there. U2 is still out there like we talked about. And, yeah. uh, and then others like Breaking Benjamin, Three Days Grace. You've got Saint Sonia that's coming out with a new album. Oh my gosh, Saint Like a lot of people don't know who Saint is. Like who the heck is Saint Sonia? So Three Days Grace, I'm pretty sure I said this before, but I'll say it again. They're my all-time favorite band. Like when I first heard them back in like 2006-ish, I just fell in love with their music. And the lead singer, his name is Adam Gontier. He left Three Days Grace in a early 2013 and he still had a record label with uh i forget which record label that 30s grace was with before because they're with somebody different now but adam gante still had a contract with him and so he got to write another album so he got the guitarist from stained mike mushock and then he got Corey lowry of i the empire on bass and then he got rich beto from my gosh i can't believe i'm forgetting the name they're another popular group they're the ones who sing paralyzed Paralyzed. Um, I'm just paralyzed. I'm oh, um, to be struck by you. Eleven. Uh, Finger eleven. Finger eleven. Yes, thank you. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah, and so they got the drummer from Finger Eleven, and, and some people considered them a supergroup because they were all part of successful popular bands but they just said no we don't like that term supergroup but anyways they got together and wrote the first Santa Sony record and now they actually do have a different lineup because Rich Bedeau and Corey Lowry have left and so they got Cale Gontier I think his name is Adam's cousin who's also the bassist for Art of Dying and then they also brought in the drummer from Art of Dying as well and that so along with those two with Mike Bouchard and Adam Gontier is their current lineup for Santa Sonia and they just released their their latest single on on July 24th which is called The Hunted featuring Soli Arna of Godsmack and such man, a good song <laughs> it's so awesome I've been listening to it on repeat for, for the last few days like I just absolutely love it and I'm so excited to hear the new album and what they have to bring out yeah, and I, I don't know if you had already said, but uh, just so our listeners know, Three Days Grace is still around, and yeah. the singer from My Darkest Days is now singing for them, which, I is he a family member of Adam Gontier as well? Or no, no, he's not. He's a good f- friend. N- or, no, no, no. So, oh. where, um, so where Matt Walsh came from is the the basis for Three Days Grace is, I can't believe I'm forgetting names. I'm forgetting so many names. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> no. I'm, I'm having um, the same problem. Brad Walsh is the bassist for, for Three Days Grace, and Matt Walsh is his brother. Oh, okay. So, so that's where. So that... the lead. So the new lead singer for Three Days Grace is the brother of the bassist, who also happened to be the lead singer of My Darkest Days, which is no longer around. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. Because right at the time, um, My Darkest Days was having a bit of a hiatus because of, I guess, contentions in the group. And right before Three Days Grace was going to go on tour with their album, uh, The Transit of Venus, Adam Gonti just up and left the band. And so they're like, it's a few days before we're supposed to go on tour, and just, I guess, it was just a stroke of luck that the bassist was meeting with his brother before going tour and he's like and he knew that my darkest days wasn't doing things like what what are you doing for the next few months and so they thought oh we'll just have you as a temporary as lead vocalist as we go on tour but then they just decided to stick with him because he was such a good you no know, match and i guess good camaraderie and chemistry with three days grace because matt walsh was also there from the beginning of three days grace as well like he actually helped co-write some of the songs from their self-title as well like, if you go and look on three days grace self-title on three days grace he helped co-write the song scared ah gotcha yeah and i mean we are definitely gonna have to do an out 
or uh, not an album, um, an episode on Three Days Grace and and their whole evolution and everything. Now, I could talk about them forever. So yeah, and I mean Nick knows so much about them, and I I will definitely learn something on that episode. I know too when we do do it. So stay tuned for that. And then I, I guess as long as we're throwing in some favorites, I, I would want to mention. No, sorry, only my favorites. Oh, no. okay. <laughs> sorry, ladies and gentlemen, this is this is gonna be it for today. Yeah. <laughs> no. Maynard James Keenan from Tool is definitely one of my favorites, and I feel like Tool is a very good progressive rock slash metal band. But Maynard James Keenan, he is also in A Perfect Circle, as well as Pucifer. Uh, oh, I didn't know he was in A Perfect Circle. Yeah, he's actually the vocalist in that band, and that's another super group, too. I mean, you've got the... I believe it's the old Smashing Pumpkins guitarist in that band, as well as some other top-tier names. Uh, we'll definitely have to do an episode on them, but yeah, I I love their music. I mean, Tool, A Perfect Circle, I- any of those bands, absolutely love them. But yeah, I, I feel like that is a pretty good, being as brief as we can be, Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a pretty good history of like the origins of rock and, and how it has changed the climate of today. So we hope you learned something new and that you and that we touched on at least something that everybody likes and that and you'll, that you'll forgive us if we didn't talk about somebody who you didn't think we touched about that we should have. Let us know. Reach out to us. Leave a, a voice message or an email and tell us what you liked, what you didn't like, and maybe there's a band that we could talk about in the future that we didn't touch on today. Yeah, and I mean, if, if we missed out on, on talking about a band that you feel like should be on this list, you know, message us and, and let us know and we we would love to do more episodes on whatever you guys want us to talk about uh yeah leave us messages on facebook instagram i mean we're on pretty much all social media at this point and you know on all podcast platforms for the most part so so yeah there's the history of rock and roll in a nutshell by ryan and nick and we hope you guys <laughs> join us next time yeah also uh we don't really have a topic for uh the next episode yet i mean we we have lots of topics that we're thinking about you know using for an episode but we're still kind of deciding so you know like i said leave us a message if you want us to talk about something specific if not we will uh we'll just ramble so. yeah we'll just ramble and, <laughs> and choose a topic of our own is there anything else that we should leave these guys with today i think that's it man all right well have a good night everybody or day or whatever time you're listening to this and we will see you guys in the next episode and we really appreciate all of you so thank you Bye bye